Welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how's it going? Good. I'm still, I still got that, that sickness sound, but I, I swear I'm feeling better. I, I, I am feeling better. Good, good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, Ryan and I, again, have the same cold, and uh, yeah, mine's hanging on pretty good, too. <laughs> that little baby got us real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was that baby. They're, they're <laughs> infectious, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's brutal, you know, um, yeah, but we're here, we're going to talk about video games, uh, we have, we have some fun stuff to talk about tonight, even though it's Wednesday. We do, we do, we have a lot of really cool stuff going on, so, uh, first and pretty quickly, because to be honest, I didn't get nearly as much time in on this game as I wanted to, um, but I played a game that was recommended in our TGI Discord, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord, if you guys aren't there and hanging out. Um, it's called City of Brass, and I believe it was recommended by, by Void Kronos. I'll have to uh, go back and double check. But um, So City of Brass is from the developers of Bioshock, and it's mm. really, really interesting and cool. The graphics are awesome. Apparently, it's been in early access for the last... Um, I want to say 12 to 16 months, like about approximately a year it's been in early access, but it was totally off my radar because it's actually a roguelike, which tend to be the kind of games that I don't like. Mm. <laughs> so um, it, it didn't show up on my Steam queue. It was just totally off my radar. But uh, I jumped in on the recommendation of Boy Kronos, and it's actually really fun, at least at the first kind of pass. So... The idea is it's this kind of like Arabian Nights type themed thing and you are some sort of explorer. It's a first person view and you're this kind of explorer guy who has like an amulet and discovers a genie who reveals this gigantic city underneath the sand. And kind of the lore behind the city is that it was this super successful trade center but they got too greedy and they started like hoarding gold and treasure and stuff and then in order to uh defend the city and maintain their power they actually enslaved three genies in the center of the city and then uh eventually people just stopped trading with them and stopped coming and they became super like covetous and hoarded all their gold and stuff and then eventually um they all just kind of starved and died and killed each other for all their treasure. And then the city slowly kind of sunk into all the sand dunes. So uh, you have now discovered the city. So when the city is raised out of the sand, it's full of all of these like angry undead enemies. And mm. so your uh, score in the, in the roguelike is based on how many treasures you find. So each treasure you find will um, add like a gold value basically to your score. And, you run through all these different sections of the city and then every couple of sections there's a boss and i don't know if i actually hit the boss in the section or if i just hit a new kind of enemy that was ridiculous but by the time i hit him in the third section of the city uh, i only had half of my heart left <laughs> you start with four hearts i had half of a heart left so i was like one hit away from dying when i went up to him and i basically ran up to him and he like swung a big lightning ball at me and I died and I was like oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, but do you do you sing the soundtrack to Aladdin as you play because I'm looking <laughs> at the screenshots here and it's very 
it's it's very uh it's very aladdin i feel like that's... it is yeah definite aladdin vibes for sure i'm trying to remember um, the magic carpet song i don't want us to get a suit or anything but i'm making everybody <laughs> think about it right now yet yeah I can't think you think you it. can sing well enough that uh, would get us sued <laughs> i don't know no yeah well maybe right now with this with this deep with the sickness uh getting down with the sickness but what is it, it what's that song with the carpet i can't believe i'm forgetting anyways let's move on the i will show you the world song mm, you'd have to sing it i don't think that's it i, I think it's like magic carpet ride or something is what it's no, called that's a steppenwolf <laughs> song isn't it i don't know <laughs> we're so bad at this okay. um but yeah so you have uh you start off with a sword and a whip and the whip's actually really important because you use the whip uh the other because the other part of the whole lore of the city is that the people who live there really didn't want to um didn't want their gold to be stolen, their treasure to be stolen. Mm -hmm. So there's traps all over the city. So you can actually, um, if you find the trap in the city, you can use your whip and then set off the trap and then run through unharmed or jump over unharmed. Or So basically you're like setting off the trap so that it's then neutral for a short amount of time because they're like spikes that come out of the floor, spikes that come out of the walls. So you make the spikes come out and then you can kind of run through them and then get by unharmed so mm -hmm. um but you can also uh your whip stuns enemies you can uh hook your whip off of like um chandelier things and like swing like your whip is actually really really important it also stuns enemies and uh kind of over time you discover genies in the city like kind of like lesser genies i guess and they kind of act like your vendors so they will offer to sell you things that are like equipment or, and I'm totally blanking on what they're actually called, but um, they're basically abilities that persist through your runs. So like it's it's a roguelike. So as you, you know, you go through the first time and you might buy one ability that'll persist. And then so the next time you respawn, you'll have that ability right from the start. So you it allows you to push further and further and further into the city. Yeah. Why, why don't you like roguelikes? Is it because you lose... You you t you you feel like you're losing progress each round, or what's the what's the deal there? To be honest, I don't know. They've just I've just never really enjoyed them, and it could just be like I mean, um, some of the big ones I guess would be like Binding of Isaac, maybe, and mm -hmm. uh, Enter the Gungeon. I think was another one. Uh, I'm trying to remember like big ones over the last few years, and they all seem to have that like top down view. I really think that this might appeal to me because it is that first person view. So it's just a little bit more visually pleasing. Hmm. And um, there's also the element of like your runs are all timed. So you get a better score than <laughs> specifically ping pong beat in the chat room right now is saying enter the gungeon is awesome. Hmm. I know of the game because I think Matt played probably like, a hundred hours over the yeah. course of one week. Like he played through osmosis. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they're often like super, super hard and super, super punishing. And like I say, it, the aesthetic usually isn't one that kind of appeals to me. And But this one, I really like the aesthetic. I like the animations and the character design. So that automatically pulls me in, plus the fact that it's a first-person view. And because it's timed... Um, each time you go into a section of the city, and I think that there's like maybe about 15 sections of the city in a mm -hmm. complete run with like a mini boss every 
three or so sections and then like a big final boss fight at the end. Um, so, but each of those individual sections of the city and you like start on the outskirts and work your way through like the market and each one has a very distinct aesthetic, uh, as well as different enemies. So the enemies get harder and harder as you work your way in. But, uh, each of those little sections is actually timed and the faster you do it, the more points you get at the end. So the more like the higher your score, the, the more currency you get to purchase items. So there's like, you have to balance time as well. So you could try to just blow through and go as fast as possible, but you're probably going to get hit by traps. You're probably going to get ambushed by enemies. And then, you know, like, so you might actually end up losing points because you might not see that treasure chest around the corner or, you know, or you can do that trade off where you might go through a little bit slower. You're a little bit more cautious. Your time bonus won't be as high, but maybe you found all the treasures in the in that section. Hmm. And it's procedurally generated too, so it's going to be different every time. And I don't know about Enter the Gungeon. I don't know about Binding of Isaac because I swear I never made it out of like the first room in Binding for uh, Binding of Isaac. And I was just like, I don't understand why anyone plays this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, roguelikes. I think one that jumps into my mind would be uh, Dead Cells which just got another update and it's it isn't a, a top-down it's sort of a side-scroller um mm. you might remember metroid uh watching keo play metroid at your place yep. where it's like that and then it's a side-scroller and it's more of a sword and shield slash magic combo style and it's real fun because it has the that's a that's a similar thing it's the persistent skills that carry over as you purchase uh, new starting equipment and new spells and, and upgrade yourself in terms of health mm -hmm. and power and and that's that's the itch that you know that gets scratched with a, a, a roguelike where it's your it's that loot grind it's that progression and it always feels like because of the uh, procedurally generated levels which is another staple of the genre it keeps things fresh even though it's like a tiled setup where you're everything looks familiar but it's all you know different room layouts mm -hmm. and stuff so it's it's a really cool concept, and, I, and looking at City of Brass, it, it seems like a game that would. It's it seems like it would satisfy folks uh, that love roguelikes, but also satisfy people who are looking for a different style of roguelike. I don't think I've ever seen a first person perspective roguelike before. Mm -hmm. Like what you're describing sounds like a roguelike, as as you get you know your score tallied and you're trying to collect treasure, and and it's really tough, and when you die, you start over. But the graphics and the first-person view and the whipping and the sword and all that fun stuff, it sounds very unique to the genre. So folks mm -hmm. looking for something different might want to take a look at this. And, you know... Yeah, like I say, I don't like roguelikes, and mm. I had a fun time in this. So Good. it's something I think I'm going to go back to. And it's funny because the uh, like grinding of gear and stuff has never been something I like. I don't like it in Diablo either. Like I fell off of Diablo real fast. Like that's never been something that's really kept me going in games like that alone. I mean, um, but for some reason, and I think it's because, so, I mean, obviously my scores have not been high at all because I've literally played for like an hour today. I definitely didn't get as much time in this as I wanted to. So mm. Um, I, I probably will come back to this again and talk about it um, next week once I've had a little bit more time. Sure. But um, just knowing, and again, with most roguelites, I don't actually know if there is like a global leaderboard or a friend leaderboard, but just knowing that there is a leaderboard 
available to me for like somehow is is a motivator <laughs> like <laughs> so like if I know like okay the high score is like 10,000 gold and I've got like a thousand gold I'm like I, I have something to like reach for I guess mm-hmm. strive for and a reason to keep playing because like I want to see how I'm doing more so against my friends than against the world because I mean I'm never going to be number one in the world at anything mm. <laughs> just just the way it is so, so there's a local leaderboards then so yeah there's leaderboards yeah so cool. that's like that's why I find it really kind of motivating and fun so there's Great. yeah it seems like a it has elements of a traditional roguelike but it's kind of like a new spin on it and I really enjoyed it so uh if you're thinking about it, it's uh it just came out like I said it wasn't early access it just came out um since 1.0 release which actually included the final boss. The final boss wasn't in early access. So uh, the, everything was released, I think, just this last week. It might have been like May 4th, I yeah, want to say. Yeah, I saw May 4th on the Steam 4th page. 4th or 5th, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, $20 US, so I think it was like 22 or $23 Canadian. And uh, I think like fifteen ninety nine. I want to say, in the EU. So uh, not too much considering, like I said, the graphics are really nice. And a lot of the character design is really interesting. Like... When you're being attacked by a whole bunch of like undead skeletons, you would think, oh, well, they're just skeletons. But there is a lot of design there going on. And there's a lot of like cool, glowy effects and uh, lots of different like weapons and attack styles. Like there's one there's these one like kamikaze skeletons that don't have any arms and basically just like scream and run at you. Mm. and Just like run as fast as they can with their head down into your chest. Ooh. they do a lot of damage <laughs> yeah well i would imagine i mean that that's uh yeah that, that sounds really neat so like the, there's the, different yeah. combat styles even though you know they're uh yeah they're uh, just a bunch of skeletons <laughs> oh, cool and again it looks really neat and i think you know um building upon that genre as opposed to re-releasing another i love pixel art don't get me wrong but trying something new with the genre there's a lot of pixel art roguelikes and yeah. i know people are gonna you know yell at their iPods. They're not going to write in. You know, angry people don't write into the gamers in, knock on wood. But Oh God, Ryan, now you've just opened the floodgates. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying out loud, uh, if there is a roguelike I'm missing that isn't pixel art, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does. It seems to be uh, the hallmark of the genre, I think. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is fine. But yeah, this oh, is a, awesome. a different look. So. Yeah. Uh, so what have you been up to this week? So time has certainly been flying by you remember this little game called uh, destiny 2 and you may remember we Uh, talked about it i don't remember talking about it all that much (laughs) seemed to fall off pretty quickly (laughs) yeah so destiny 2 came out on ps4 last fall last september then it came out on pc in i think late october ish and then the first expansion came out in december so there was that hot two-month period where it was kind of dominating the gamers in and 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 the the discord and honestly we were probably this close to to starting some sort of uh maybe the first tgi presents i don't think it got that far but it seemed like it could have because we were pretty like and by we i mean myself and a bunch of people in the discord were very much into destiny and then Mm -hmm. christmas hit and osiris was not the most well-received expansion surprising well that was uh that was because they locked a bunch of the content behind the purchase right 
So they they, did, they yeah. took stuff that had been available to the general public who had purchased Destiny 2 and then mm. put it behind the paywall and that pissed a lot of people off. Rightfully so, I think. Yeah, and they they did address that. I don't I can't remember whether uh, I'm not going to go on record here suggesting that they completely fixed it cuz I stopped playing not because of that, but because I forgot what expansions in Destiny 2 are like. They're they're uh overpriced and the content is stretched very thin. And there were promises made with Osiris that just weren't kept. You know, there was, there was, let's just say, not to dwell on it and go back. It has been five months. This is a good refresher. And it's crazy to think that it's been five months. But that expansion had a place called the Infinite Forest. And I got to tell you, it wasn't infinite. Speaking of, (laughs) you know, randomly generated areas, like that was the same stretch of platforms over and over again. So didn't live up to the promise of the name, but... Um, then fast forward five months later, I, I had basically fallen right off of Destiny 2 and, and they announced Warmind, the new expansion was coming out May 8th. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, an excuse to jump back into Destiny. I like Destiny 2. I feel like I got my money's worth out of it, even with the expansion, jumping in and enjoying it. I played more of the base game than I ever did the expansion, but that's how those expansions are, are structured. You know, with with a minimal amount of campaign content and just a lot of repeatable content stretched from from here until the next drop of content, and and we already know that the next one after Warmind is probably launching in September, so you have another you know five month wait ish. So that's interesting to think about. So when we talk about Warmind, I ended up playing it last night, booted it up around eight o'clock, jumped into the campaign. By the time I had finished around 10.30, so two and a half hours later, I had finished what they had called the campaign for Warmind. So a stretch wow, of... Wow, really? Yeah, so a stretch of six missions. And again, not surprising anyone, uh, especially myself, having played Osiris and having played the expansions that came out uh, with Destiny. And for those wondering why I'm saying sounding weirdly on the audio podcast, I'm doing air quotes, because... <laughs> Bungie calls them expansions, and and I think that Bungie just does themselves a disservice by calling them expansions, because they're not. They actually release expansions the year after the game comes out. This is DLC. They even call well, it a season I was pass. Gonna say, I was going to say, if you if, when you're talking expansions, I mm. would think like, well, I mean, look at World of Warcraft. We get an expansion every, you know, few years, yeah. but like, or like, really any other game that gives you like actual legitimate expansions like um the sims and civilizations Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to think of like any other ones that aren't aren't dlc but that are true proper almost another game again is Uh, what i think of when i think of the word expansion and i and a price tag that goes along with that usually when you get expansions to these kind of titles you're looking at 40 or more dollars like yeah, the, on these... an original $60 purchase. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you're you are buying almost another game when you're talking full expansion. So when you said they had an expansion in December and then another expansion now, it's like the fact that there was an expansion a couple months after release and then another expansion a couple months after that, like we're not even at a year from mm-hmm. the original release of Destiny 2 and there's been two expansions. That's a big flag for me because I'm yeah. like, um, it's that semantics seem worthy of the of the label. <laughs> you're, you're right. It's not. It's semantics. And I really wish they had a chance with Destiny 2 to look at that and maybe say, let's call it DLC. Let's call it see. They've actually started to call them seasons. So they have season one was 
base game to first expansion. Season two was the sec- first expansion. Season three was the third expansion. And I really like that, the season idea, because mm-hmm. that really goes with the type of game they're developing where the main game comes out and that's your first layer. And then the expansions come out and that's like sort of a, a step up layer. Like you still got the base game, but there's like a, you know, you climb the rung, you pay access and you climb the rung and you get new new content. And that adds an, uh, you know, an additional layer onto the base game that then keeps the content fresh and so on and so forth. And then when the actual expansion comes out in the fall that will get announced at E3, I'm sure, is a new, a complete new base layer like they they take Mm -hmm. they just drop a sheet over top of all the old content and say this is the new destiny 2 and it's and it's a whole new you know campaign and it's it's fully fleshed out it's not as long as the base game but it's it's comparable but Mm -hmm. so yeah how much do these expansions cost is kind of like question number one (laughs) yeah and and again for for those folks like this is this is going to come up every time we talk because they're they're these expansions come out so you know infrequently and we we don't really talk about the game that much in between i mean we could have been talking about this for for weeks but uh they are so the base game 60 us each expansion is 20 dollars us so it's about a hundred dollars us total for the whole package at launch so when i bought it it was about 80 to 90 us and i got it on sale uh and then right now i think for the humble bundle you can get the base game for 12 dollars us but the expansions are still 20 bucks a pop. Mm. So it's rather expensive and it's an investment, but it is also, you got to think a, an MMO style game where when you buy access to the expansion, you're basically paying for content that is going to be released as a live service from now until the fall. You know, you've guaranteed that you have access to all the new content that Bungie is going to be adding. So Mm -hmm. In place of an ex, you know a, a subscription, they have these expansions. So it's technically cheaper than WoW, but I would never compare it to WoW because WoW just adds so much more content. It's it's much more a better example of a live service. So I'm not going to compare the two, but I think that's where people people get hung up on it because they try to compare it to other things. And I I think really like if it doesn't sound like your thing, it probably isn't. And I don't even think it's my thing. I enjoy it, and I and when I finish the game, I'm kind of like oh okay. So now I have to do all this other stuff that I've never really been a fan of. But I have to say, though, I had a really good time playing the base Destiny 2 alongside fans of the show and friends as we raided. And it was a really cool experience and made the price of admission 100% worth it. So then, yeah, that was going to be my next question Hmm. was with these expansions, like what kind of extra game content did Warmind add outside of just more campaign missions? Like, was there a new raid? Was there, mm-hmm. you know, new... I, I don't know. I don't play Destiny, so I don't really know what other examples to give. But. So I don't play the PvP, but there there were new Crucible maps created, so there's a new uh, playlist of Crucible maps, which is the PvP. Okay. And, I mean, I'll jump in and do it if I have to, but I, it's not my first choice. There are two new dungeons, which are Strikes, um one is exclusive to playstation so i don't have access to it so i only have the two new strikes so they even lock content behind platform exclusivity which is in my mind just it's the only game doing it it's stupid yeah it's really bad and it's all you're doing is punishing your player base you're not helping anybody else but playstation and and i love my playstation 4 
but you know it's already an exclusive console you don't need to tie third-party content to a specific platform yeah i think that's just defeats the purpose of releasing on multiple platforms but that's my and basically the entire internet's opinion so let's not worry about that (laughs) right now um there's also a new mode called escalation which is a new what they call ritual so there's these public spaces and i gotta say first and foremost warmind first impressions it's a much better expansion than osiris was you're being you're being introed to this this expansion and they are addressing a lot of the concerns people had about Osiris that I had. And one of those was the new public space is larger and more varied. It's uh, set in Mars and there are two locations on Mars that you can traverse back and forth. One is the desert Mars and the other is the transition to the polar cap. So you go from red dust and blowing winds to um, the ice landscapes of of the polar cap which is blowing snow (laughs) and blowing snow it's honestly really cool and um they did they had mars in the original game and they didn't bring it back to destiny 2 until now and that public space is really neat and i accidentally joined one but the new mode which i will probably talk about next week is called escalation which is basically a horde mode where you and all the people in that public hub run up to the flag, join the public event, and then you all have to sort of assist with this horde mode where you're basically protecting a thing that is attracting enemies, and the more enemies you kill, the harder it gets, and it, and it you know, it scales the level of that escalation mode as more people join in and kill more people faster, so it's, it's live scaling, and then you, once it sets a, uh, I think, once it sets a sort of difficulty level, then you have to you know, last as long as you can as a random group of people. And uh, the longer you last, the more rewards you get. And those are like public events that sort of spawn in this public area. So that's really cool. Um, but the campaign was, was really, I thought, I thought personally it was really good. I enjoyed it. It was short. So they introduce this new issue uh, deals with Rasputin, which is this Warmind AI, one of the AIs uh, built in the Golden Age uh, before humanity was basically wiped out. And this AI is like, it's a supercomputer, it's a super weapon, capable, most powerful weapon in the entire universe, and no one controls it because it's gone dormant. All of a sudden it's woken up, and this lady who like is doing like kung fu moves and kicking people's <laughs> butts She's like a, she's a, rel, she is a descendant or she is someone that was revived. It's, it's sci-fi lore. So I'm not, I don't, I don't even understand it, but she has a connection to this location and she's going to try to work with the war mind to bring it on our side. And basically long story short, like the war mind wakes up, but also this really evil worm wakes up, which <laughs> that's the problem. You laugh there and it's the perfect reaction because they, because they have such a short window to explain what's happening, they lost me at Giant Worm. <laughs> well, yeah, like, obviously, when your AIs wake up, they wake up worms, too. Duh. Well, they, they say, like... <laughs> Everyone knows that that's how that works, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it's like Dune, basically. That's the plot to Dune, I believe. I, I've never Is read it? the book or seen the movie, but I'm just going to guess. It's a hom- <laughs> homage to Dune. Uh, not at all. I know that's not the case. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a little quick. Like they they you're you know you're traveling to mars oh the cabal or you know the enemies from the base game are running and their base is 
their home base is near Mars. So they're like scavenging for supplies on Mars as they retreat. And then as you're kind of going through, there's a distress call that comes in and it escalates from there to the point where it's like, oh, we have to, we have to wake up the war mind. I think we can use it as a weapon for good. And it's like, oh, but there's something else that's awake. And it's this giant worm that, that, uh, you, you have to fight and it escalates pretty quickly to the point where it goes from the giant worm is a bad guy. Now you have to fight the giant worm. Okay. You did it. The end. (laughs) And and then the end, similar to Cyrus, is just like, you know, people wipe their hands and they walk away. And it's like, we did it. Now to, you know, walk into the sunset. Although there's still like a new raid layer and there's strikes and stuff. And there's a lot of repeated content I was reading online as I was preparing for the show. And I was like, that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, the raid unlocks on Friday, so I'll try to get gear ready as soon as possible to check that out. But yeah, it's honestly, it's just, it's not, when you're trying to, we've, I said this before and I'll say it again, when you're trying to build a game similar to uh, a game that, that's doing it really well, like World of Warcraft, you're trying to build a shooter MMO. You don't bill yourself as a shooter MMO and then not live up to the strongest example in the industry or at least try to live up. And then say when people compare you, it's like, oh no, it's apples and oranges, you can't compare it. I think that's, you've kind of set yourself up for comparison. And um, obviously, yeah, if you're the, calling yourself an MMO, then there are definitely industry yeah. standards for what that term means. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I don't know if they're calling themselves an MMO, but they're clearly setting themselves up as, you know, you've got raids, you got you got strikes, you got PvP, you've got campaign, like all the building blocks are there. And really what I want to see is I'll pay a subscription. Give me, you know, there. I was reading online, there are 900 people working on this game. That does not show, you know, like 900 people is a lot of Burn. people. Burn! <laughs> uh, I think that, I, I mean, I don't understand uh, how, how 900 people can make one game, but this it doesn't feel like there's enough content and maybe 900 blown into proportion. It's like a Reddit number that people just throw out there and it's not actually (laughs) that number, but I'll walk that back a bit. But I feel like destiny has this opportunity to be something special because it is very successful. It's doing very well. It sells a lot of copies. It sells for the roof. They can do so much more with this stuff because the, the mechanics are there. The shooting feels fantastic. The public spaces are really good. You know, the, the, the social interactions and the online, you're so close, you know, they're very close. But uh, yeah, Warmind, I mean, if you bought the season pass, you might as well check it out. That's what I did. And it's new content and it's, it's totally worth checking out. It, it was more satisfying than Osiris, I'll say that. So I'm looking forward to continuing. I didn't actually find, because I'm totally Googling as you're sitting here talking, I didn't right. actually find how many uh, people work on World of Warcraft, but there's estimated to be, as of 2012, so a long time ago, six years ago, there were 5,000 employees at Blizzard, <laughs> and uh, WoW, the article that I found said WoW was cutting its staff by 600, so I don't know how many, like, that. at that point in time... It, that was still in the StarCraft, Diablo, Warcraft days before like Hearthstone really got going, before Heroes really got going, and before Overwatch really got going. So I would say that WoW probably had a good chunk of those 5,000 employees. So maybe you shouldn't shame Destiny for having no, 900. I, it's <laughs> maybe unfair that's not me. as many as it, as it sounds. 
Yeah, it's unfair of me to shame because they are. So there are three studios. There's Bungie. There's um, a couple of other Activision studios, uh, High Moon Studios, as well as um, there's another one, uh, Vicarious Visions, who's doing the PC stuff. So there there are three platforms. There are three developers. They're all developing different different you know sections of the game. So it's a large effort to make this game, and I, and I feel like yeah, you're right. To match WoW would be very tough, and that's mm-hmm. where I think you need to you need to stop the comparisons. But there's there's a little bit they could do here, even just in semantics and naming things properly. Like this isn't an expansion; it's DLC, and you can even keep pricing it at twenty dollars US. Like people are buying it. I bought it. You know. Yeah. Um, there's no there's nothing saying you have to buy it at launch. So I I think. I still like Destiny. The new content feels like that at least they're addressing the issues of Osiris. They're being more forthright about, you know, what's in the package and saying, like, this is what you're getting for your 20 bucks. The campaign felt like there was more to do in the new area. In Osiris campaign, like, there was only, like, they were sending you around old areas for missions. Like, that's not what I want to do. I want to stay here, you know? in this new world that they've given me. But no, they're sending me to the Earth and to, and to, and to Venus or whatever. Uh, no, Venus is <laughs> a new area. But anyways, in this one, there's only one mission off of Mars. And that was really refreshing too. It makes sense that you might have to jump around a little bit, but to have a majority of the content take place in the new area, I felt like was a big win. So yeah. And the boss was super fun uh, to, to do and, and very hectic. So I really liked that as well. Good. Uh, Before we move into our news this week, we are going to just very quickly thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash thegamersin. If you'd like to support the show, that's the best way to do it. Uh, You can also join in our conversations over on Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. We do have a game night coming up next Thursday. That's uh, May. I almost said June. Oh, my God. May 17th. (laughs) I'm getting months ahead of myself now. Uh, But yeah, May 17th is going to be our next game night. So if you guys want to join in on the vote or you want to join in the conversation on the night of, it is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, we have a patron ad this week from Simon. Ryan, do you want to take it away? Sure. So returning from a hiatus, Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Join your two Knuckle head hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. Find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. I don't know why, but you said that ad so weirdly. Mm. It's because I was I was not expecting you to make me read it. Plus, I, oh, I have sorry. a tickle in my throat. So. Oh. <laughs> it's like you were saying like two words at a time. Movie. <laughs> TV. Video game. Did I sound I slow? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> I didn't sound that slow. I, I, I guess oh, I, we can do no, take no, two. I... Take two. No, I'm just no, no, no. We're leaving Everybody it in. That's one. good. Uh, so that brings us to the news this week and actually we are bringing you some tgi news so ryan and i for uh, quite a while now have been throwing around the idea and then actually putting some work together on what we are calling tgi studios so uh right now you can go to Mm tgistudios.com and uh basically tgi studios is a collection of the shows that ryan and i do that don't currently exist on other networks so we're kind of um bringing all of our projects under one umbrella to one space so this is where you're going to be able to go to find um all of the audio and all of the show notes 
for our projects. Uh, so it's going to include all of our TGI, uh, like Gamers In projects, including all of our ga uh, Gamers In Presents projects. But um, also underneath that umbrella is going to be Slaying Demons, For Azeroth, Zombies Ate My Podcast, and Gagcast. Um, and we also have a couple more projects coming very soon. So uh, we've been working really hard on this. We've been working really hard on all these projects. And it made sense to kind of pull everything in together that we were mm -hmm. working on. So um, we went with the idea of TGI Studios because we kind of wanted it to be about uh, the projects that Ryan and I were working on, but we didn't want it to be video game specific. So we're keeping kind of the soul of where Ryan and I started with, you know, the gamers in, but uh, we, we dropped actual like gaming or gamers or anything in, uh, in the name of mm -hmm. our website. So again, TGI studios, we're really excited. Um, Ryan, is there anything you want to talk about before? I feel like I'm just like, splat. Yeah, well, after that, uh, you know, ad read, I don't blame you. Um, no, <laughs> now you're all, I'm all self-conscious. But, uh, no, it was, it was, it was sort of born out of the TGI Presents discussions because there were projects that both of us wanted to do that uh, we didn't want to, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, create websites for. And we wanted, yes. like, we wanted <laughs> test beds to kind of figure this stuff out. And TGI Presents was a nice you know, area to, to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Fortunately, so far, the things that we've done have been sticking, you know, Summoner's Call is going strong, uh, Shipwrecks and Shanties is still going strong. Like, there is that content there, and it, it makes sense within the, within the Gamers In Presents project brand. But then there were new ideas. You know, I've been trying to, well, I, I will tease, I'm not going to say the name, but I have a project I'm working on with uh, good, bad, or bullshit uh, co-host uh, Crofton Steers. I always say his last name wrong, even though we've already recorded an episode. But um, so we're doing a new show about parenting and and being a geek as well. So that'll be more of a fun, you know, uh, geeky show. But more on that in in the coming weeks as his schedule uh, gets a little easier. But that was the idea where it was like, well, we have all these shows that aren't gamer focused. We have shows that are gamer focused that are more established where do we host those so that we have one site that people can go to and just know all of the projects associated with with our name and and our uh, and our brand can just see it in one fell swoop and that's where tgi studios comes in so it allows us to test test things out without having to pay absorbent you know domain costs uh for for a project that maybe does doesn't stick around yeah. or we can do limited runs and you know yeah and we can do exactly limited runs seasonal things like it kind of uh gives us a, a sandbox for uh content creation so that's mm. kind of what we were thinking um and so as ryan and i have been trying to juggle the creation of tgi studios mm -hmm. and everything else we've been we wanted to kind of get it in your hands get it out there announce it um, that's where, like I mentioned, the show notes for four Azeroth are going to live. The show notes for Gagcast are going to live. So, um, all of that stuff is up there now, but there are still some placeholder text and some placeholder graphics and some mm -hmm. of the older sites do need some love, but eventually we're going to clean it all up. And the idea is that when you click from one show to another, you're not even going to be able to tell that you are going to some of the different websites that we own and stuff. So, um, it should soon be a seamless experience and uh, again like it, it's basically right now a splash page that's pulling everything that mm -hmm. we do all into one spot so 
Um, one thing that we did want to kind of talk about and make sure that we're extremely clear on is that um, any Patreon stuff that we do, um, so obviously earlier on we mentioned patreon.com slash gamersin, that will continue to be for the Gamers In Prime, for Ryan and I, if you're supporting patreon.com slash the Gamers In, you are supporting the Gamers In specifically, not TGI Studios. We will never do a general TGI Studios Patreon or any kind of support for that. If any of the other shows that kind of fall under our TGI Studios umbrella decide to uh, start Patreon campaigns, those campaigns will benefit those hosts on those shows and there will be no kind of like cost mm. to be part of TGI Studios or anything crazy like that. So we just wanted to be totally transparent with you guys about where your support and where your money is going and uh, what is going to happen if any of these shows decide to kind of go off on their own and, and do Patreons to support. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be for that individual show. So yeah. in case you guys are confused, we want to be completely clear. Like if you're supporting patreon.com slash the gamers in, the money isn't going to trickle down to slaying demons or zombies ate my podcast. It's just its own thing still. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that's the, that's the one thing we talked about when we were trying to yeah. form this idea is like, how do we make it? So there, there is this network of shows, but they they still exist within, you know, you know, silos that, that makes sense. Yeah. Their and own it, creative control, yeah. their own monetization, all that kind of stuff. That so. is perfect. Yeah. It's kind of like it's a it's a way for you guys to easily access all of the content that Ryan and I create, assuming that if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, you enjoy the content that Ryan and I create. So it's kind of an easy access point for you guys. And it's a networking resource for us so that we can kind of bring all of our co-hosts into the same creative space. So we're really excited about it. We hope that you guys are really excited about it. We also don't have any plans to change or move or integrate our existing discord communities in any way shape or form so slaying demons still exists over on joss plays all of the tgi and tgi presents projects are on their own discord under the gamers in umbrella and mm -hmm. you know we're not going to be moving discord servers around because that's a gigantic pain in no. the ass to be honest well, thank you. <laughs> so yeah we're just we're not going to be changing anything so wherever you're currently having all your conversations none of that is going to change um although I do highly recommend that if you are on you know discord.gg slash jossplays or bit.ly slash tgi discord that you do join both because there's a lot of really cool community members in both mm -hmm. those places and a lot of good conversations being had so um yeah that is kind yeah. of what's going on with what our existing tgi properties are and our existing kind of infrastructure but this is an overarching splash page kind of umbrella yeah. and uh yeah we're very very excited about it. it it allows you know folks to check out shows that they might not know had existed you know because we don't uh well obviously we'll 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 start doing it now on these shows because of something we talked about in terms of you know giving get, letting people know the other shows that we do and i think that's the best part about tgi studios you can go there you can see them all you might not have known that jocelyn was doing a, a show about rupaul's uh, drag race uh, you might not have known that I've had a show with uh, two lovely co-hosts talking about zombies for the last five years. Like that's a thing that I do, uh, I'll mm -hmm. try to do every week, you know, and uh, it's, it'll just allow you to, to kind of pop around and get to know more hosts and discover new discords and just discover different communities and just try to bring, bring everyone, at least allow people, give people the connections they need to jump, jump around if, uh, if they so choose to. So um, it'll be 
it'll be exciting. So I think that's that's pretty much it. That is everything that's going to go on with uh, TGI Studios. So um, if you guys are interested, again, that's TGIstudios.com. You can mm-hmm. go to uh, TGIstudios.com and then click on any of the links that are there. Uh, if you're interested in For Azeroth specifically, then that's TGIstudios.com slash Baz. We'll take you to all of the uh, show notes and everything else for For Azeroth. Um, I don't actually think I've push gagcast live yet but the show notes and audio for that will be up there too so cool um yeah it's uh it's very very exciting time i think that pretty much is it i think that's going to do it for us this week so uh you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or now tgistudios.com <laughs> you can follow us on twitter you can find jocelyn at joss place Ryan is Nora Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed live on Thursdays on uh, twitch.tv slash the game. Twitch.tv slash The Gamers Inn. I've infected you. There. I know, you ruined me. I used to be so good at this. Uh, and are available after the fact on Twitch. Uh, you can email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com if you, want us, if you want to let us know what you think about Destiny 2 or, oh my god, I swear I just can't talk tonight. City of Grass. Or City of, what? <laughs> it's not grass, is it? <laughs> no, it's City of Brass. Be cooler if it was, right? Oh, man. 420, right? <laughs> that was the joke you made at the top of the show, just connecting yeah. the dots. Yeah, that's it. Uh, or if you'd like to email us and let us know what your thoughts on TGI Studios mm. are, we would really love to hear from you. We mm. want to hear all of your feedback, so uh, please do let us know. Again, that email is info at gamersandpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye.